Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Seven days later, 600 new leads, 5,000 new fans. 30 days later, 30,000 new fans and 3,000 new subscribers with just one ad. If you're getting them in and captivating them with your first question, then they'll do what you ask in your second line. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello, and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. Today, we've got Ralph Burns and myself, Keith Krantz. Hey, yo. How we doing? I'm doing good. No Molly. No. No Molly. Missing Molly. No, no. She's mid-launch. She's knee-deep in launch stuff right now, so we're filling in without her. Yep. I wasn't able to get on last week either. I was uh, on a three-and-a-half-day excursion in uh, Southern California with Eric Davis, the author of Raising Men. From fathers to sons, life lessons from Navy SEAL training. So he was the uh, Navy SEAL instructor for Chris Kyle, the the guy from the, the movie American Sniper that Bradley Cooper played. So that was an amazing trip. Got to go skydiving for the first time, finally ever. Mountain climbing. That's an amazing guide, and he just really learned some really cool, epic stuff about processes and leadership too. Are you a SEAL now? Are you been recruited? Dude, yeah. If I- all you have to do is be modeled, you know, for three and a half days, hang out with Eric Davis and three other guys. That's all it takes. It was epic, dude. Most people don't realize that the Navy SEAL training is all about building confidence and planning out properly. Got some great stuff today. We're going to be building confidence in your ability to get effective Facebook ads today. That's what I'm talking about. That's what this podcast is all about. That's it. We're going to be talking about seven real-world tests and experiments to supercharge your paid traffic campaign. These are real-world scenarios that we're doing right now. We're experimenting with, we're implementing, we're getting results from, and uh, just some little, you know, little subtle tips to 
help motivate you and give you some uh, ideas. It's like adding a little bit of sugar or honey into your coffee or your tea to uh, make it just a little bit better. Yeah, that's right. It's like this is like brain octane fuel to your coffee in the morning. The end result here and the end goal is to get the best potential result, in our case, usually conversions at a lowest cost and a highest return on ad spend as we possibly can. And all seven of these things definitely play a part into that. So super excited to talk about it today. Let's get right into it. So number one is going to play off some stuff that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. This is something we recently did for a promotion for our Facebook Momentum Beginner Intermediate course that has tracks for local service-based business, Facebook ads for local businesses, Facebook ads for e-commerce, physical products, Facebook ads for digital products, and Facebook ads for consultants. And wanted to do something a little bit different, you know, implement some of the stuff we've been talking about on this podcast. And I wasn't able to get on camera, didn't have the time to do really what I wanted to do for this campaign with so much stuff going on. So I looked back at episode 84, where Ryan Dice talks about the seven questions he asks himself before he finishes writing ad copy. And I really took a bunch of notes and started really brainstorming and used number five. And number five was, what metaphor can we use to tap into the brain and positively associate our offer? Now we're really tapping into not just emotions, but we're tapping into memories. So it's a much deeper feeling. If you've ever been listening to a song and it almost made you cry, it wasn't the (laughs) sadness of the song, right? It brought you back to probably a moment in your life. That's what nostalgia is all about. And the reason that happens is because we as human beings create thought through association. Okay, that is how thought occurs. It is by associating one thing with another thing. It's, I know to fear this because it kind of reminds me of this other thing that hurt me at one point in time, so I'm going to fear it too. So this idea of association is big. And we've also talked about this back on episode number 85. We used an image of an iPhone battery that was red. It was about to die. And the message that we were trying to get across was, hey, we're about to sell out of tickets to this event. This is your last chance, right? We were trying to portray scarcity. So the video on the sales page for this product talked about how basically what what we did was started a brand new business from scratch in the health and fitness space new URL, new Facebook page, new website, new landing pages, and recorded the whole thing for this course. Seven days later, 600 new leads, 5,000 new fans. 30 days later, 30,000 new fans and 3,000 new subscribers with just one ad. And so how do we illustrate that very quickly in an ad without me having to be on camera because I'm just not able to do it, not home, lots of travel. And so I just went to stock video, went to stock video and ended up finding a a little short snippet of a Lego being built, right? So you got Mm -hmm. that kind of fast speed Lego. And then I just added some text overlay. Next thing you know, you've got a 15 second video, which by the way, you can use for a pre-roll video ad now on Facebook. It's got to be 15 seconds or less. So that gives you the ability to go into pre-roll videos as well as Instagram videos. And that lego build you know is it really possible to have one good ad 
build an entire business from scratch. And that's really what happened. And people got to see the whole thing and we recorded the whole process. Then you have the ad copy that kind of goes along with that. So that video is very similar to the image that Molly talked about on episode 85 and Ryan talked about back on episode 84. So go back and listen to those episodes again and think about how you can implement this stuff. And by the way, that ad only ran for two days and it got about a 6,500% ROI. Another great example that we can put into the show notes is a recent banner ad from Digital Marketer. And it says, it's like Netflix for marketers. And it looks like it's got all the little uh, screenshots, the little thumbnail icons of the different execution guides, kind of like the different shows inside Netflix. And so it's boom, it's that metaphor that people realize, they understand. And what that is, is it takes you to a sales page for DM Labs. So if your creative can reinforce your hook with some kind of metaphor, your your hook is part of a metaphor that people associate with, like building a business is like building Legos, right? So urgency that TNC tickets are just about running out and, you know, that that red battery that we get on our iPhones that tells us that we're just about out of juice, like that there's a metaphor there that both create a sense of urgency. And in your case, it's a building metaphor, which I think is really, really important. So when you're picking your creative or you're doing a video in this case, which is even cooler, you know, your ad copy matching your video with a metaphor that gets your point across. I mean, now you've reached like advertising nirvana if you get all those things right. And those are typically the best performing ads that we see without a doubt. And like what Ralph said there is very important. It's supporting. So in the ad copy, I've got a lot of the stuff that we've talked about on previous episodes as well. 14 elements of persuasive ad copy, some of the stuff that we talked about in the five killer Facebook campaigns article that Digital Marketer has recently published or is about to publish, but we'll link to it in the show notes. It's a recap of the presentation that Ralph, Molly, Tom Breeze, Mike Rhodes, and I did at Traffic and Conversion. And it is using still some of these elements. You know, there's an aha moment. There's some curiosity-based stuff happening in this ad copy itself. Is it really possible to build and grow a new business from scratch with just one Facebook ad. Yep, you can. Yep, so once again, hit the show notes there, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 97, and let's hit number two. So number two is a test that we're doing in what we're now calling the Vlad Ad Lab. Vladdy is one of our account managers, awesome account managers. He's helped build a lot of the stuff that uh, we talk about here on the agency. And no, you can't hire him, by the way, if you were wondering. So anyway, he's going to remain anonymous. But anyway, he's an awesome dude. So he does like these tests for us inside the agency to test some of the newer things that are coming out on Facebook. And one of the things that we had tested was something that we had talked about back on episode 90, where we were talking about some of the new things that were coming out with Facebook with you know, average versus max bidding, one-day versus seven-day conversion windows. So we actually did a test for one-day versus seven-day conversion window on a number of different ad sets, all going to the same audiences, all in a split test fashion. And the question was, is one-day better than seven-day? So we wanted to find out. So we did a test with several thousand dollars in both ad set, and we actually found out that it sort of depends. <laughs> but what we did find is that if you can wait 
when you actually have like a, a predetermined cost per acquisition. If you go two or three or four times past that predetermined cost per acquisition, you'll probably pause that ad set because it's not getting you the result that you want. We found that if you paused your ad sets too early, the seven-day conversion window didn't really kick in until, surprise, surprise, around day seven. So it takes Facebook really about four to five to six to seven days to start optimizing. So in this particular case, we found out that the seven-day conversion window for this customer actually worked better. For the one day, it was 120% return on ad spend versus seven day, which was 137% return on ad spend. So we did actually plug it into a couple of different metrics and we found that it was statistically significant that seven day beat one day. The question really is, is this just an isolated case just because this customer has so many products? So somebody comes in, buys a product, and then maybe two days later, they buy another and they buy another and they buy another. In your case, maybe you have one or two products. Maybe seven day isn't good. So our next test and the next test in the Vlad ad lab will be for another customer that only has really two or three products as opposed to about 100. So it depends and you got to test it. But in this case, we did find that the seven day conversion window did beat the one day. That doesn't mean do it in all cases, but that's what we found out here. And it was a significant enough difference for us to even talk about it on the podcast. So uh, stay tuned for more tests from the Vlad Ad Lab coming your way here at uh, Perpetual Traffic. Well, how about we just hit one more? What do you think about that? Yeah, we happen to do another test. And so that's number three here, I guess, in our seven things we're going to be talking about today. Back on episode 90, we had talked about another test we were about to start, which is average versus maximum bidding. So once again, if you're in your ads manager, go down to the optimization and delivery area. Typically, if you're running a website conversion campaign, it'll automatically defer to one-day click, or sometimes it actually defers to seven-day click. But then below that, there's a bid amount. It either says automatic, which is what we choose most times, especially when we're starting with a new customer, or you can click manual. And so manual will actually give you two different options. The first one is maximum bid. The second one is average bid. So what's the difference between the two? Well, we wanted to find out. So we had a customer that had about a $27 cost per acquisition on average, and we tested a lot of different bids, but we came upon one particular dollar amount that seemed to work the best for both of these types of bid amounts. And for a $27 cost per acquisition, we did not bid what Facebook says. They say, well, you know, just bid whatever it is that you want, whatever your target goal is. For us, we did that and we didn't get any impressions. So we bid higher at $40. And what we found out is even though we were looking for a $27 conversion, we bid for $40. We found that average bidding won over maximum bidding because it actually gave us more impressions and it gave us a better return on ad spend. And this was statistically significant. Again, this is over $20,000 in tests. This one was much bigger. Uh, we happen to get really good conversions on it. So just to give you some example of, of how it worked is by average bidding of $40 versus maximum bidding of $40 for a $27 target CPA, we got an average of 125% return on ad spend for average bidding versus 106% 
for maximum bidding. So a statistically significant difference once again. So more tests coming from the Vlad Ad Lab, but that's what we found out so far. So it would indicate that, you know, you got to test one day versus seven day, which I said before, but it seems like average bidding is, is the better out of the two. Maximum bidding, it really did stunt your impressions. So something to test again. I think we're going to test a higher amount next time. But um, average bidding did give more consistent delivery and it mostly under our target CPA, which was really cool. Money, good stuff here, good stuff here. Both of those ones you just hit on are questions that we get all the time. And so the one thing to I like to take away from this is that some cases you might see a, a bigger difference, some cases a smaller, but also hopefully you're sitting here thinking, okay, good, maybe I can breathe and I can exhale knowing that if I'm doing one day and I'm worried that I should be trying seven day windows or I'm, I've been doing max bid versus average bid and oh my gosh, what am I missing out on? Well, odds are it's not going to make a huge difference. So don't stress out too much if you're doing one and not doing the other. So it leads into number four. Number four is quote unquote, no targeting. Yesterday in our uh, Facebook Ads University webinar, one of our uh, Facebook Ads advisors, Terry Foster, was talking about uh, a recent campaign where they are in a bigger market, mass consumer, uh, beauty, health, beauty niche, and they needed to scale super fast and tested some no targeting, basically just demographic targeting. So big, big, about 40 to 50 to 60 million person audiences. And they you know, crushed it. We're able to scale super, super fast up to uh, 10,000 a day and up to 50,000 a day after 30 days, actually. And the reason why they were able to do that, though, was because they had already had a couple hundred conversions, sales conversions before he kind of opened it up. And I know you've been testing this and doing this with uh, a lot of different accounts a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, we definitely have. Uh, sometimes we actually have done it by mistake. Sometimes, as you guys probably know, if you're running ads through the Power Editor or through Ads Manager, uh, sometimes they really suck and they, they mess up the work that you've done or it kicks out you know, the work that you've done or it doesn't upload the way that you want it to. It's just part of the charm of working inside the Facebook Ads Manager. But the point is, is that we actually had a number of campaigns that we started where the ads manager kicked off the interest targeting and then we ran the campaign even after it was controlled or quality controlled. And lo and behold, the ad sets that had zero targeting was wide open to the U.S. for male and female, 35 and older, were the ones that were getting the best cost per acquisition, the best cost per lead. So we've done it that way and been pleasantly surprised. But then the way that you're talking about it here is usually the way that we traditionally will do it. If we've got hundreds, if not thousands of conversions in our ad sets and in our campaigns, and we're looking to scale really fast, probably about the last thing that we do prior to going to a number of different scaling strategies is we just open it wide open, you know? So it might be a specific demographic if we know it's like 35 to 65 year old females. We might just open it wide open on that. And the beauty niche really is a good one for this one, which is the example that you had mentioned, because it is so wide reaching, you know, for makeup or whatever it happens to be. Every woman basically needs it. So why not just advertise to all women? But we've seen it actually work in other niches as well, like real estate investing niche, self improvement niches. So once you get some real uh, traction and some data, on that pixel. We talk about that a lot in episode 91 
which is a great episode to go back and review, you really can just open it up and let the algorithm do the work, which is a beautiful thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And what this does, hopefully, is just give you a broad understanding of the algorithm. That's the key here. So if you, you want to try something like this, try it. And if it doesn't do that well, no big deal. You got your brand out there to a lot more people, right? If you're going to use larger audiences, make sure you've got some conversions that Facebook can use to put your message in front of the best 5% of all of those people. So they're not putting that ad in front of 20, 30, 40, 50 million people. They're putting it in front of the best you know, 1%, 2%, 5% yep. of those folks based on your previous conversions. Number five, let's hit number five. Let's talk about some emojis, emojis. Emojis, emojis. We love the emojis. Emojis are something that, I forget who it was who first keyed us into this. I think it was Terry. Terry it Foster. was Terry, yeah. yeah. He's one of our advisors, by the way, uh, yeah. inside of our inner circle program, our Navigator Inner Circle program, which is a mentoring program where you get a lot more intimate hot seats and stuff like that with Ralph and I, and you get an assigned advisor. Yeah. So he's figured this out. This was a customer account. Uh, I guess it was a, a coaching customer we were working on together. And, you know, we were working on a good hook and ad copy and he added in emojis to the ad copy. I was like, that's the first time I'd actually kind of seen it in the B2B niche. And it really, really worked. So ever since then, we've been inserting emojis into most of our ad copy. I wouldn't say on every single one, but in some cases, we'll do it right off the bat, especially if it's a, you know, a B2C or a business to consumer niche um, or depending on the product. So if it's sort of a friendly kind of product or it, it meets certain attributes, we'll use it right out of the gate. So in this one, we didn't start with emojis, but what we did is we took a new customer account that was doing about, you know, a one to one uh, return on ad spend, a little bit greater. And they were spending about a thousand dollars a day. And now they're spending about five thousand dollars a day. And the emoji strategy was one of those things we used to scale up their spend with ROI. We use emojis in, in these ads that reinforce the ad copy. So once again, going back to Molly's episode, when we're talking about creatives, I believe it was episode 85, the emojis reinforce the copy itself. Care about your creative. You know, it's not the last step that you can just sort of throw, throw in last minute. How can you make sure that this image or video really conveys what you've been working so hard on with this campaign. And if you do that, it will only multiply your results. So everything's reinforcing itself. If you get ad copy that's reinforced by the emoji and the image or your video, which reinforces your ad copy, you've reached advertising nirvana, which usually means you're making pretty good money on these ads, you know, especially in the direct response space. So what we did in this one is we sort of found some emojis. One of the best sites that we have for emojis is emoji.muon.co. And it's one that I use a lot. And we'll put that one in the show notes. Emoji is M-O-J-I dot M-U-A-N dot C-O. And they've got a ton of emojis that are in there. We use that. We also use the emojis from SyncSumo, which has a really good emoji site. So all we'll do is we'll just add emojis in at the end of like regular ad copy and sort of gauge the difference. So in this case, these emoji ads, the, the overall ad account was spending about $100,000 in this test here, but got about 160000 in return 
on just this test that we did, but the emoji ad sets did 33,000 in ad spend and got 67,000 in revenue. So that's a two to one margin. And this was in addition to other ads that we had done to sort of continue to scale out. And I think that super important to change up your creatives, change up your video, change up your ad copy, because certain ad copy, certain hooks are going to work for some people, but other people, it's just not. So you have to keep it fresh, and especially if lots of them sort of rotating all the time, especially with a good video. That's the key to a winning uh, ad campaign. And we really do use emojis in most things now. And we can definitely thank Terry for that. And it's definitely transformed a lot of ad accounts for us. All right. Love it. Good stuff. Let's hit number six. Talk about some tall boys. So number six. Yeah, we're not talking about beer here, but I mean, I am getting kind of thirsty. So tall boys are what we refer to as the long sort of tall vertical videos on Facebook. We call them tall boys. I don't really know why, but they're a way in which you actually can shoot a video on your iPhone with not with the landscape view, but just the vertical view. And even if it's the same content as some of your other ads, it just gives a different look, especially in mobile, because it takes up the entire screen. So these vertical videos are something that Facebook brought out probably about four or five months ago or so. And we we test them when we can, because sometimes it's hard for us to get the specific creative that we want from a customer. But on these ones, we said, you know, they were just shot with an iPhone. They do exactly, you know, what we've talked about many times in the three-step video ads formula which is episode 67, which is the proven three-step formula to transform your business. These videos actually do do that three-step video ads formula, but they are in a tall boy format. So it's just another way in which we're using a different look. Like we've got square videos, we've got landscape videos, we've got these tall boy videos. And overall, the ad account is doing extremely well. The tall boy videos themselves are doing anywhere from a two to one to a two to two and a half to one return on ad spend, which is really, really good for us. So that in combination with the emojis that we're doing, we're actually throwing emojis inside those tall boy ads as well. So you can use a lot of different elements here just to give a different look and to multi-layer your marketing so that you you hit people at different ways in which you know they're going to trigger a reaction from that ad. You know, one size does not fit all when it comes to Facebook advertising or any advertising. So you really do have to change things up. And using Tallboy videos, we found, is just one way to do that. So it's very cool. It's such an easy way to help reduce ad fatigue and connect with different audiences on different devices when you're doing this. Because guess what? didn't even have to change the content of the video, just changing the format. Yep. Maybe you're changing the ad copy real quick. And it's easy ways to reduce ad fatigue and just connect with different people, which helps you scale your campaigns faster without reducing that ROI, which is what we like. All right, let's hit number seven, the good old Yankee Clipper. So number seven is what we refer to as the Yankee Clipper video ad copy formula along name for something that's actually really simple. We just refer to it as the Yankee Clipper. So you're probably wondering why we're calling it the Yankee Clipper. But the the reason is, is that there's five steps to this thing. And the most famous five that I could think of is Joe DiMaggio. So as a Red Sox fan, it's sort of anathema for me to even say this, but obviously he's one of the greatest baseball players of all time. But number five, he was also referred to as the Yankee Clipper. So there's five elements to this formula. So number one is 
First off, ask a question, a short question in your post copy itself. So you've got your post copy sort of over your video. And once again, this is for videos only. We typically use this with videos in most cases, sometimes with image post ads, but very rarely. So and the reason is, is that we want the video to be the star of the show. So the first thing that you do is in your post copy, you ask a question, a short question, which addresses either the primary pain point or a primary desire of your market. So for example, it might be, let's say you're in the coaching niche, for example, and you want to get you know, more coaches to buy your product. You might say something like, want more high paying clients, want to sell more from the stage, question mark. So on each one of these, you ask a very simple question. Typically it starts with, do you want or want to do X? So whatever that thing is, it hits them right between the eyes. And it also relates and reinforces the video itself. So if you're telling them or asking them if they want high paying clients, well, your video should show them how to get more high paying clients. Your one ninja best tip. And to figure out how to do that best is to use the three-step video ad formula from episode 67 and 68. So go back and listen to those when Keith and I talk about the three-step video ad formula. So in the video itself, like I said, it actually reinforces the question and the ad copy, uh, the question that you state in your post copy itself. So that's the first element of the Yankee Clipper. Second element is to tell them what to do next. So you want them to watch the video. So the second line is really simple. It's watch the video to discover how, to see how, so I can show you how, whatever it happens to be. So go hook them in with a question, number one. Number two, tell them what to do next. So people like to be told what to do. All right. So if you're getting them in and, and captivating them with your first question, then they'll do what you ask in your second line. So the point is, is to get them to consume the content in the, in the newsfeed, in the video, and then take the next step, which is number three, which is simply click here to learn more, click here to discover how, click here for more information. So the shorter and the sweeter it is, we usually put an arrow and then we put what's referred to as a naked link, which is your HTTP colon forward slash forward slash whatever your URL is that you're sending them to. So that way, when we do that, we actually get third-party tracking through the source that we use for third-party tracking, which is Wicked Reports. Um, I do not recommend using a shortener on that unless you're using an affiliate link or something that's sort of an ugly link, but you do need a, a naked link in the post copy for this whole thing to work. So that's the third element. And then they watch the video, hopefully. So you have the video that reinforces everything that's in the post copy. Now, the, the other part to it is number four is a headline. So a headline, which is appears below your video, right? Uh, all it does is it restates the question that you asked in line number one. So if the question was, want more high paying coaching clients or want more coaching clients or whatever it happens to be, then your headline would be, you know, one simple tip to get more coaching customers or how to get more high paying clients, whatever it happens to be. So you're restating the question in that headline. 
And then number five, the fifth element is in your description. Your description is only going to be seen inside the desktop newsfeed, but you won't see too much of it inside the mobile newsfeed ad. But regardless, fill that in as well. And it's really just sort of a, a giving them a, an anticipation of what they're going to get on the other side. So, you know, tell them, you know, learn how to get more coaching clients with minimal disruption in your business or whatever it happens to be, something that's sort of a, a short narrative. And it does get cut off on mobile and you won't see it in the right-hand column and you won't see it inside an Instagram ad either. So those are the five elements. And then we always make sure that we do do uh, a call to action at the end, which is typically learn, learn more or, you know, maybe shop now or, or sign up. But most of the time we use learn more and then your display URL is just going to be your display URL. And we typically take the, uh, take the HTTP off and the WWW off just so it looks kind of clean there. So that is the uh, Yankee Clipper video ads formula. And the reason why we like it is because it's super simple. It's replicatable, duplicable. I think that's a word. We can bang these out relatively quickly and use them in mass scale. And that's that's one of the things that we, we use to scale up campaigns is we create lots of different ones like this. We got lots of different Yankee Clippers and each one might hit on a slightly different pain point or a slightly different desire, but it reinforces the content that's in the video. And the big thing is to make sure that they watch the video. So that's the whole point of the Yankee Clipper. Don't get too complicated with your ad copy. And you just really want to get them to watch the video, consume the content and click to the next step and do whatever you want them to do on the next step, which is purchase or register or opt in for your lead magnet or whatever it happens to be. All right. Good stuff, dude. And uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. We will talk to you next week. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to get your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.